Welcome to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And it's our 100th episode. Woo! Technically, it's more. Yeah, but that's true. <laughs> it's our... We're going with 100. Yeah. It's like, uh, we don't, you know, you don't know the exact birth of your pet yeah you go to their adoptive you just kind of go off of the what the vet said was their approximate mm-hmm. exactly month and then you pick a day that you like mm-hmm. not too close to any other birthdays <laughs> so that's what we're doing this yeah. is our 100th episode yeah otherwise it's over 100 episodes yeah still a celebration <laughs> yeah definitely it's a big milestone yeah for something you weren't sure was gonna work our century <laughs> of episodes yeah so to celebrate, we're going to give you a list of 100 reasons why you should continue listening to our podcast. Just kidding. We're not. You had me. I was like, wow, <laughs> we changed this podcast quite a lot since the we're 99th just, episode. To celebrate our 100th episode, we're just going to keep giving you the awesome movies, TV, and game news that we are accustomed to giving to you. But we do have a special guest. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> I mean, And by special guest, I mean like a special featured review of like we finally get our first Marvel movie reviews since starting this podcast. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. It's not a person, per se. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. This is our 100th episode. Mm-hmm. We started the podcast with the sense of Marvel content. Yep. Among others. Expecting to but do lots of that. Thinking there would be a lot of Marvel talk. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the 2020 was like, no, I don't think so. No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess it's very appropriate. Our 100th episode is going to have Black Widow as our review. Yep, sure is. Spoiler free, of course, for those who have not seen it. Yeah, we will be doing a spoiler podcast on it, uh, an anatomy of Black Widow, if you will, at a later date. But for now, we're going to give you spoiler free impressions later in the episode. (laughs) Not like immediately. You're like really confusing people. I'm sorry. I'm confused. So Just really like... Worked up on that Loki timeline stuff. Yeah, I can't. The time travel. We aren't travel, sure what time it is right now. The time travel is really getting to me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started, huh? Yeah. Let's celebrate for the next oh, hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Whatever we decide. Yeah. <laughs> Probably going to be shorter because we have so much stuff this week. Loki yeah. is getting the final episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that anatomy episode. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Black Widow will probably record this week. Yes. So we'll probably keep this one trimmed down yes as much as we are capable of doing anyway <laughs> all right well, let's jump into it huh yeah new releases there's a lot of stuff coming up this week mm-hmm. give me a list my list or give them your list okay so, i'm already looking at it okay so my list starts with a movie that i didn't know was happening and you just randomly discovered it when we were checking stuff out on netflix on july 14th gunpowder milkshake comes out which looks like Bunch of female assassins fighting and avenging war against maybe a gang or something. Basically like an action fighting movie, but like female centered mm-hmm. and like multiple generations of assassin. Like as it runs it, in the family. It felt like Kill Bill or something like very like, kooky. It felt Charlie's Angels-ish to me. But okay. not not just in the like fighting style. But mm-hmm. they're not. Yeah, I, I agree. Kill Bill is probably a little more accurate. But I haven't officially seen that, so I couldn't really accurately say um so but it's got some big names in it we've got karen gillen uh lena he lena hetty 
Angela Bassett, Michelle Yeoh, um, and the little girl from My Spy is going to be in this as well. Mm-hmm. So she's moving on and doing bigger and better things as well. Mm-hmm. First um, name little, last name girl. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe Coleman is her name. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, we watched the trailer and it looked pretty entertaining, so I'll be interested in checking that out. I follow Karen Gillan on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize she's been sharing shit from her movie she's mm. recording, which is this. And you're like, it all makes sense now. Yeah, so <laughs> when we saw the trailer, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> now her content makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next on my list is a movie called Pig, coming out in theaters on July 16th. And this kind of looks like a a John Wick, but with a pig. (laughs) And Nicolas Cage plays the main character. Basically, there's this guy who lives out in the Oregon wilderness and has like a companion truffle pig, which is a pig that hunts for truffles or finds the truffles for you to Mm -hmm. whatever. Just makes fries for you. Yeah. Um, And then something happens and someone steals the pig. And so Nicolas Cage goes on a fucking rampage, like, trying to find the pig and get the pig back. I'm sure there's some kind of weird backstory, because there's, like, a whole thing in the trailer, like, did you tell him who you are or whatever? So I'd like to know what that backstory is, but... Obviously, (laughs) he won three straight county fair truffle pig competitions. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it looks like it might be a little bit, a little bit depressing, a little dark, but, eh, it's... I'll probably check it out if it comes to our theater. I mean, I thought it was supposed to be ridiculous, but yeah. I'm seeing, like, really positive reviews It looks on ridiculous, it, so. but it also looks like it has potential, so. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just seems like it should be ridiculous, but it's probably going to surprise everyone. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's going to be tied into Willy's Wonderland, and yeah, maybe. that's why he's there, yeah. trying to find his pig. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Um, okay, also coming out on July 16th is Die in a Gunfight. This comes to theaters and video on demand. Um, basically, Romeo and Juliet, but with more violence. Uh, got a few more, like, well-known, relatively well-known actors in it. And it's, it seemed like it could be fun. It felt like a, I guess to me, it seemed like a Quentin Tarantino modern-day Romeo and Juliet, maybe? It does seem a Ish. little bit a little bit like that, yes. It's just intriguing enough. It looks like there's just enough, like, fighting and bullshit going on to to make it more interesting than just a Romeo and Juliet story. Yeah. <laughs> so. But quickly in the trailer, like, okay, so Romeo and Juliet. So Romeo and Juliet then, yeah. yes, immediately. <laughs> so how about you? What's your list? Uh, coming out in theaters on July 16th, I have Escape Room, Tournament of Champions. Ah, yes. This is the sequel to the first movie called Escape Room. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer for this a while ago, and it looked pretty, like, more intense, I think, than the first yeah, one. Yeah, so the basic premise of this one is all of the people that are in this escape room, it's basically like a Saw movie, right? Yeah. There are escape rooms that, like, you're going to die in. Yeah. But the premise of this one, it is all of the people who survived their escape rooms are now thrown together again into another escape room. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that there was something I didn't like about these, and now you've just hit the nail on the head for me, because I don't like the Saw movies. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Didn't you see the first one with me, though? Yeah, I did. So. I still was very... You didn't like it? I was extremely uncomfortable for gory. a lot of it. It's not as I don't yeah. recall it being as gory right. as the see, Saw movies. I think that the concept of the Saw movies isn't as bad as 
how much gore. I don't know if this is a real genre, but I always called them like blood porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't torture porn. Yeah, like I don't like it. Well, that might, that actually, <laughs> I think that's a real, real porn. porn. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll have to look it up later. <laughs> probably don't. <laughs> just to just to verify. Just to make sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm expecting this one to make me more uncomfortable, but I will see mm-hmm. it just because it looks still slightly interesting. Mainly, I'm in it for the puzzles. <laughs> You're gonna try and solve them before them. Yeah. Like this dumb bitch. She <laughs> should. City, she should die. She deserves it. <laughs> uh, also, another one, Great White, which is a Australian film about, you guessed it, a great white shark. Uh huh. Or it seems like well, a bunch of more them. than one. I think yeah. they kind of imply that they worked in like a pack, which is it's not, not at all thing. accurate. But yeah. you know, maybe they don't have Shark Week over there. Yeah. So. Uh, Talk about torture porn. Yeah. <laughs> this one looks pretty ridiculous, yeah. but also pretty good. <laughs> so that's in theaters uh, July 16th. Limited capacity, I think, for theaters. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but it also is going to be on Shudder next year. Early oh, next year. Okay. So if we if we want to wait long enough. Yeah, I'll probably look for it in theaters. I'm yeah. hoping we have it at Regal. If not, I'll... We'll see what happens. Debate if we have it anywhere else nearby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not driving 100 miles. Right. Uh, and then last on my list, something called Cosmic Sin on Netflix. It's a movie with Bruce Willis and Frank Grillo. Basically, uh, it's gotten terrible reviews as mm-hmm. like one of the worst sci-fi movies ever. I'm in. Yeah. So instantly <laughs> I was like, I have to find this. Luckily, it's coming to Netflix on July 17th. Why do we love bad sci-fi movies so much? I just, there's... There's just like a thing where if something is being claimed to be so bad, (laughs) you have to see it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like car wrecks, right? I guess, yeah. Like Like a looky-loo. You have to to know how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if you sit in like two hours of traffic, you're like, somebody better have died. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of escape room could they possibly make on the freeway? <laughs> she obviously deserved it, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's called a blinker. <laughs> and then some notable mentions, just uh, to end our new releases this week. Tom and Jerry came out a while back, coming back to HBO Max. For anybody who didn't see it, yeah. it was fun. It was it was. It got the job done if you're yeah, a fan of yeah. Tom and Jerry. If you're into that, it's coming back uh, July 15th. Uh, and then, of course, another cartoonish movie, mm-hmm. Space Jam, A New Legacy. This is a sequel to the Space Jam movie back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be in theaters and on HBO Max July 16th. Yes. So, we'll probably watch it, but I yeah. don't have high expectations. It's not high on my priorities list, but yeah. it's we'll, we'll check it out. Who knows? Maybe my movie of the year. Maybe. <laughs> All right, let's get into our news. We have some pretty juicy stuff, actually. Uh, starting out, Kevin Feige says Marvel wants a different path than signing multi-movie deals at this point. So the exact quote was, it varies project to project, cast to cast. Really what we want are people that come in and are excited to be in the universe, are excited at the opportunity to do more things, as opposed to being locked into contractual obligations. I mean, that seems completely reasonable. Yeah. He actually got a lot of heat for this. 
at least as far as social media goes, mm. when this came out. Because, of course, news outlets were kind of spinning it like... It. They were spinning it like, Marvel doesn't want to give out big deal, you know, big right. contracts to yeah. their, their stars or whatever. Yeah, because on the flip side, you think, well, now that person isn't guaranteed a paycheck mm-hmm. for X period of time. So you could spin it the other way. But I feel like it makes more sense. Like, if you want... It also is good for the people that they pull in that aren't maybe AAA actors at this mm-hmm. point. So they come in and they become Captain America. I mean, we've seen both <laughs> aspects, right? Yeah. We've seen Robert Downey Jr. come with these huge with a mm-hmm. huge contract, yes. multi movies, right? Yeah. And then we've seen people like Chris Hemsworth come in, mm-hmm. you know, also multi movie contracts, yeah. but more unknown of mm-hmm. an actor. So we get him for a lot cheaper, you yeah. know, as Marvel negotiations but in a case like his if if you don't do such a long contract they could potentially end up paying that actor more to renew them for the following movie or whatever Mm -hmm. so it could work out in the up-and-coming actors favor if they do so well in a part that they're like well that's thor now yeah like like our sumsworth is well if you remember too there was a point where we were wondering what was going to happen with robert Downey jr because his contract was up we didn't know if he was coming back he was potentially never going to be a part of Infinity War, Endgame, any of that stuff. Past, Can you imagine? I think past uh, Iron Man 2, right? I Wasn't think Iron so. Man 3 even a question whether he was even going to be in another movie? I think so. So there's wins and losses to the whole idea of it. But, I, I mean, people, natural instinct was, oh, Marvel's trying to be cheap. Disney's trying to be cheap. Whoever's it's considered and not pay their actors what they're owed. But I think we're at this point where, you know, we've even heard Feige say, I think in the last couple of years, we're going to see more team-up movies with, like, a couple characters, mm-hmm. you know, versus everybody's jumping into a movie together. Yeah. Like, Endgame. Yeah. And we kind of saw that with Thor Ragnarok, right? They mm-hmm. had, it was basically a road trip with him and Hulk, right? Yes. So, I think they're just kind of at a point where they're going to just bounce characters and combine them once in a while with each other. And mm-hmm. they don't need those big movie contracts anymore. Yeah. And I, I mean, at the same time, too, you, you want, like, like you were saying, you want those actors who want to be here. Yeah. Right? If they're just here for a paycheck and they're not giving it their all, that's not fun. Yeah. You know, you want them to be willing to do those extra little events and all that stuff mm-hmm. to really sell the the franchise yeah of course you know they want to get paid so right yeah as long as they're getting paid it's just a matter of in smaller chunks essentially like oh okay are you gonna keep doing this Mm -hmm. role are we gonna renew you for another movie or whatever like i think that makes sense but i am kind of curious if the pandemic had anything to do with this Mm -hmm. because instead of having this long plan ahead you know that they they designed Mm -hmm. and then shit hit the fan with productions on Mm -hmm. everything you scope you limit the scope to like a not necessarily the scope of where you're gonna go with things but like specific characters and and the details of those plots Mm -hmm. you can then kind of do it slowly by knowing who's gonna be around as far as actors and all that stuff right characters that's true I guess it's also a question of, like, the fine print of their contracts, too, right? It, yeah. Is appearing in a movie mean, like, they have one scene, or is it they're in the entire movie? Yeah, I, that's a good Like, question. Samuel Jackson had, like, a huge contract, right, with multi-movies, and some of them he was just like, 
he popped in for a scene or two. Yeah. All right. Well, on the topic of Marvel, Black Widow has some stats that came out for its release this opening weekend. Yes. Uh, As of July 11th, it brought in $80 million domestically, Mm -hmm. $60 million on Disney+, Plus, which is an interesting stat that that's even there. Yeah. Uh, $78 million internationally, and this excludes China because they currently are not uh, showing this movie, if I'm correct. Mm, Okay. And overall, it's over $215 million globally that this movie has brought in for the weekend. Yeah, and this is... uh... Is it is it the first time that we've seen streaming numbers after the first weekend? I think it is. Like, period? Well, just in general, I think. Yeah. I, I don't think Disney Plus has ever really given their numbers. Yeah. On You know, we tried to look... If you remember, we had uh, some... What was it? Was it Yahoo analyst or yes, something? Yes, they like inferred something. Did some kind of... Uh, calculation. Calculation yeah. on, on what Mulan brought in. And yes. it was dead wrong. It was because they wrong. fucked up the calculation. Yes. And, uh, but they were basing it off of an assumption because there was no data actually given. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting that we we get a little bit of transparency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure if it's something that like, did really well, they're going to show that, right? Of because course. they want people to see, like, see? It's doing just fine. It's doing great. Yeah. We have great stuff. Yeah, to see that it's made nearly as much as theaters domestically is mm-hmm. pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, I think it beat... Fast 9, if I'm correct, on opening weekend. Uh, it Apparently, this is the biggest domestic opening since Star Wars Episode 9, back in December of 2019. Holy shit. <laughs> Just shortly after we started our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was our... Uh... That's how long it's been since the movie's done this well did in we, theaters. We did our first Anatomy of episode on that movie. Yeah, I don't yeah. even think they were called Anatomy of, but yeah. Yeah, we weren't. We, I think it was just they weren't. Star Wars Episode Nine yeah. spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> review. But that's what it was. Let's be real. Yeah. Maybe um, I'll go back and change that. Yeah. I'll fuck with the timeline. Piss yeah. off the TVA. Exactly. <laughs> that's not the only movie that apparently did really well. Oh, yeah? The Tomorrow War for Amazon Prime has done so well. Amazon Studios and Skydance are already in talks to bring... Director Chris McKay, actor Chris Pratt, and writer Zach Dean back for a sequel to do Tomorrow War 2. Okay. Is it the day after Tomorrow War? I mean, it should be. <laughs> a mashup? It should be. <laughs> They're using global disasters to fight back. Nice. <laughs> they should. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like that movie, so I'm not that surprised. Yeah. Not only this... Paramount, who was originally going to distribute this movie before it hit Amazon, yeah, now wants a piece of the pie, and they're in <laughs> negotiations to be involved in the sequel. They're like, um, I believe you so have my stapler. <laughs> about that whole, we didn't want it. <laughs> we were just kidding. Yeah, we just kind of let you borrow it. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a loan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. I guess moving back to Disney Plus. Yeah. How good my no organizing is. Time travel, you know? Yeah. Fucking with it. (laughs) Uh, Tamara Morrison spoke to Express UK about the book of Boba Fett. uh, And he said that filming, they finished filming early this year, but there has been no discussion for a season two. 
uh, his exact quote was, they'll probably want to test the waters first. There's been no talk about it. So. Yeah, that makes I sense. Mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those characters that people love, right? Yeah. Boba Fett is one of those characters that's just everybody thought he was the greatest, no yeah. matter how limited he was in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And when he came into the Mandalorian, people shit themselves and, you know, it just, it was about, you gotta do the character right. Right. So, now that they're giving him his own series, they want to make sure that people have the same kind of yeah satisfaction that they get from the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, they don't wanna... want to fuck this one up and then already have season two that they still have to do. Yeah, you don't want to have a situation like, you know, they always say, like, never meet your heroes. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could easily be one of those things where people are like, eh. Okay, let's just go back. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the way he, we saw him before. Or it's just like less is more. Yeah. The mystery of the character exactly. is more enjoyable than being told. Yes. It's like the xenomorph and alien. Yeah. The like, Prometheus and oh, right, right, Alien right. Covenant, all those movies where they try to explain the, the origin and yeah. just kind of, eh, I liked it more when it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> when it was cool. <laughs> I really like Prometheus. Yeah. But... The other ones, I, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure what they were going for. Okay. Anyways, Boba Fett, we're at least getting a season one. Yeah. All right, moving into some news with Netflix. Zack Snyder is getting his next movie as an exclusive on Netflix. This is according to the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it's going to be called Rebel Moon. And it will follow the residents of a peaceful colony at the edge of the, of the galaxy as they struggle against armies sent by a tyrant named, oh my god, I'm going to get this wrong, Belisarius. To combat the threat, the colony sends a young woman to gather warriors from neighboring planets to make a stand against the invading force. Okay. Sounds pretty fun, doesn't it? It does. Sounds oh. kind of familiar. Yeah. Well, apparently this project was originally pitched as a Star Wars film to Lucasfilm. That was going to be set after the return of the Jedi uh, and follow new Jedi warriors on a dangerous mission. Hmm. Okay. I could see that. The plot sounds very Star Wars-ish. Yeah, I would actually love to see a Zack Snyder Star Wars movie. I'm not going to, obviously. Yeah, but it would be an interesting experience. I just think that's interesting that you can take a pitch from a different... Like, for a movie, like a, a known franchise, and then you can just tweak it and then put it out still. Yeah, I think that's as pretty th- cool. I didn't even realize that that would be a thing either. I guess as long as you tweak it enough, right? Yeah, it's cool. These aren't lightsabers. They're energy swords. <laughs> I was going to say. Energy strobe tubes. Strobe lights. <laughs> strobe lights. Laser tubes. Yeah. <laughs> Laser staffs. That could work. Something like that. Yeah. It'll workshop it. You yeah, know, yeah, they'll yeah. get it. They'll find some cool name for it. Well, it sounds like a cool plot, and uh, I'm interested. So, it's probably going to take like a billion years to make, mm-hmm. but whatever. I mean, even the name, right? Rebel Moon? Yeah. It's very... Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It sounds like it would just be like a like a code name for a project. Yes. For Star Wars. Yeah. You think it blows up at the end? Mm, maybe that's what they didn't like about it. That it doesn't. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. Seemed a little too original. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Smallville may be coming back into people's lives if you know what the fuck that is. Uh-huh. We're old enough to, of yeah. course. 
so Tom Welling sent a cameo uh, video. You know, you know this service cam cameo where you can pay somebody who's famous to send you a video. Yeah. Saying hi to you or whatever. Yeah. So he sent one to somebody, mm-hmm. and in this video, he was saying that him and Michael Rosenbaum have been working on a Smallville series, animated series. And okay. that they hope to be able to bring back most of the cast if it follows through and they end up getting the series put out there. That'd be pretty cool. And then he says, but don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we are talking, here we about, are talking it about it because it was posted on social somebody media. somebody told somebody. And so somebody, yeah. I mean, somebody, I mean everybody yes. was told. Yeah. So I have a question about that. Couldn't somebody, when you get a cameo, don't you like write what you want them to say? I don't know. I thought that is that how it works. I thought I assumed it was. I to be fair, I have not. I done, thought it was done just zero like, research. I thought it was just like you. Well, I mean, there's probably different ways you could do it. Like my brother's gotten some, and they just kind of wished him a happy birthday and all that stuff. Yeah. And you know, his wife did it and yeah. had it, had it sent to him and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you could probably request that they say stuff specifically. Yeah. I assumed that's how it works, so I, mean, I just made that story up in my head. Yeah, I mean, we listen to podcasts where, like, they'll have a famous actor from whatever franchise saying, like, you're listening to blah, 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 right? And it's the podcast that you're listening to. Right. And so, obviously, they got them to say that, but... Yeah. Whether they did it to be nice or if they actually paid them directly to do that, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, how are you feeling about Smallville... Like, continuation if this were a thing i mean i'm gonna be honest i didn't really watch smallville oh my god okay yeah like at all no i mean i saw a few episodes here Mm. and there but that was kind of before i was allowed to watch it's one of those shows where it was in that time where shows had to have like 20 plus episodes it was like 24 episodes i think in a season Mm -hmm. and like half of them were just filler yeah and then some of them were really good you know yeah I think what happened was, I said, 2001 is when it started. So, I don't know. Maybe I just... I feel like it started earlier than that, but I don't know. Yeah, it's according to Wikipedia, which may be wrong. But they it have says, like 10 seasons, I yeah, think. Yeah, so it says October 16, 2001 to May 13, 2011, which honestly feels more recent than I thought it was. Yeah, Even though 2011? That, that, that is 10 really? years ago, but... What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. That's what it says. Because I was like watching, I was like binging that show long after it was over. Yeah. And that was before 2011, I feel like. Unless they were finishing the last season when Maybe. I was still binging it. It's entirely possible. Either way, whatever happened, I I was mostly mm-hmm. watching like Jeopardy and um, yeah. <laughs> 60 Minutes with my dad at the time. Okay. So okay. I didn't watch it. <laughs> well, I hope I never had the question for Jeopardy of uh, Tom Welling was the uh, star of this <laughs> this TV show based off a yeah. super powered character. Yeah. So <laughs> if you want to rewatch the series ever, let me know and I'll watch it with you. I mean, I do, but at the same time, there's all those filler episodes that I don't know if I have that kind of patience right, right, right. in my life now. That's fair. So, um,. I, since I, don't I don't even know where you'd watch it. Is it on I fuck if I know. a streaming it, service? I think it's on Hulu. 
Yeah, it says it's on Hulu, but I don't know okay. if that's premium or what. So yeah. we'll find out. But anyway, um, I don't really have a good barometer for whether I care, except for mm-hmm. the fact that uh, I do like a lot of the actors that were in it. So yeah, fuck it. Yeah, why they not had some, do it? They had some good villains, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those shows where it started out as like one thing, and then it, they were like, you know what? We're going to just go all the way. And yeah. Like, you know, for a while they were like, we're not going to have him in... In the Superman suit. And then, like, I think they did it by the end of the show. He did, like, one scene with it. Mm, okay. Uh, probably gonna be safe to say we're not getting Chloe in the <laughs> show as a voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Although, if it's only a voice, you could technically get her. It's true. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. You could probably record from prison. Set up recording equipment inside prison. <laughs> Something tells me that's not going to happen. Although, can, you're not allowed to make money in prison, right? Is that you a thing? Can, Did I make that up? I feel like you're not allowed I'm to. I'm not sure how that works. Unless I, just, I, I think you can, I might, but you I can't. Probably, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, because you can Because people have book deals, right? Don't they like... Yeah. Unless that's something that doesn't happen until after they're out of prison. This is this conversation is taking a weird turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's our 100th episode. We can talk about the fuck we want. Uh, Yeah. There's probably like somebody out there who's like, what is she in prison for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I want this to be, I, I think that would be cool if they did that. But in my heart, I really want this to be somebody wrote a script for him to say something just so that they could prank the person they're sending it to and make them share it and look like a fool with their pants on the ground yeah, when that's it's a not good point. true. That's a good point. If it's like a stage thing. Yeah. But at the same time, why would he do that? Because that affects him why, why? as a career situation. I mean, if anything, it just gives him free publicity. So you're saying it's not an actual thing in the works? No. I, the, well, that's my... That's or he's a, allowed to talk about it, but he's saying don't talk about it because he's trying to make I it think out like it's a big deal. My... What I want it to be, I don't know if this is true, but what I want it to be is it's not in the works. No one's ever going to do it. No one's thought about doing it. It was just something that somebody decided they wanted. And so they sent the cameo to their friend, knowing their friend would not listen when he said, don't tell anybody, and post it all over the internet, mm. just as a prank to that person. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And the internet in general. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pretty fucking amazing prank, if that's the case. Yeah, okay. It probably is slightly true, at least. No, I think there's been, for years, them talking about rumors of them working mm-hmm. on it. I feel like this isn't a new story. Okay, so, I'll just go fuck myself then. Okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> just do it gracefully. It's a 100th episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of animated series... Uh, I actually have some interesting news I found online. Uh, the pa- Fairly Odd Parents. Do you remember that series? Did you ever I never that? watched it, but I know of it. It okay. was like a guy and a girl fairy mm-hmm. couple, and they like just ruin people's lives. I mean, sure. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I got out They're of it. They're the godparents of this kid. But they were actual fairies. Yes. Fairly, fairy godparents. Okay. Fairly godparents. Yeah, yeah. It's whatever. An odd parent. It's it's fine. It's a lot of double entendres. It's okay. Multiple entendres instead of just double. Anyway, um, it was on Nickelodeon like late at night a while back and I used to watch it like because it was around the same time that Invader Zim was on. And uh, so, fun fact, Nickelodeon president and CEO Brian Robbins was talking to The Hollywood Reporter and revealed that there is a live action Fairly Odd Parents series in the works. 
So I have questions about how you can make that live action. <laughs> yeah, is it going to be really like cartoony? In, ha- in tone. Yeah. As a live action, I mean. Yeah. And then are they going to have like people that they just CGI to be smaller? Or are they... I, I mean, know. that wouldn't be hard. I mean, they could... No, no, it should be easy to do. I'm just curious how they'll do it. Yeah, that's a good question. If they're going to be... Are the characters CGI or... Or if they'll do something, like, more grounded. technically, The Lion King was live action, according right. to... Yeah, true. Disney, so... Yeah, yeah. So, I, I just thought it would be... I think it'll be interesting to see how they're able to pull it off, mm-hmm. if they are. That's all. <laughs> okay. I mean, we're kind of seeing a resurgence of... 90s, early 2000s cartoons, yes. right? Specifically Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon making a comeback. Mm-hmm. We got Powerpuff Girls coming into a live action series on CW. Yes. Never thought that would be a thing. Right. That is true. <laughs> I am also curious because like, I feel like the plot lines, like I can't honestly think of one of them off the top of my head, but I feel like I remember the plot lines for Fairly Odd Parents being extremely out of... In, like not normal, not grounded like, at all. Fairly odd. Fairly odd, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I'm just interested. I think it's going to be a complicated one to make live action, unless they change a lot of this, make the stories more grounded. So, well, Nickelodeon too, I feel like has gone into a more younger audience than it used to be. Yes, I mean they had Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> True, right? very true. Not really a child show, even mm-hmm. though it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so one of their episodes is like, they shrink Timmy so that he can explore someone's human body. So, uh, Osmosis Jones. Mm-hmm. But that seems, I don't know, it just seems ridiculous to see to think of that as a live action concept. So, that's all. Uh, final bit of news here-ish is that we have a Witcher Season 2 trailer teaser slash trailer depending on how you see it um from WitcherCon, they re- revealed this trailer um and it looks pretty fucking good i'm excited about it and uh there's a release date officially season two pre- uh, premieres on netflix december 17th of this year okay so yeah. pretty much in line with the release of the first season huh pretty much yeah it was december of 2019 i think yes i'm excited about it i that can't come soon enough all right all right well, that's it for our Movies and TV news. Yes. Let's talk about what we watched this week. So here's how our rating system works. If we hated something, we'll burn it. If it was just okay or we're neutral, we're going to test it. And if it was pretty good, we're going to slice it. If we absolutely love the shit out of it, we're going to dissect it. And if all of us dissect it, we're DTF. On our 100th episode. Yep. Alright, to start out, I watched the entire, what they call a Netflix animated series, or anime, if you will, Yeah. of Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. Uh, to be clear, I also watched this with you. Yeah, I know. Not just you. Okay, okay. I didn't realize you were there. You didn't realize I was there? <laughs> okay. That explains a lot. I, I thought I was listening to an R.E.M. song. Somebody uh-huh. was saying, that's me in the corner. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. So that was you then, huh? Yeah, that was me. Okay. In the corner. All right. <laughs> so 
So this came out July 8th on Netflix. Uh, it's set between Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5 as far as the game releases goes mm-hmm. as the, the timeline canon. Uh, and it takes place in 2006 after a hacking incident is uncovered at the White House. Yeah. And there were it, four episodes, It was right? four episodes. Yeah. Okay. Here's what's so fucking dumb about this. <laughs> they call this like a show, a mm-hmm. series, yeah. right? As though it's not a movie. Yeah. It's four episodes of like 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. So basically it's a movie. Yeah. They did kind of like end each episode like it's a hook to the next one. But mm-hmm. it's like... This, I feel like it was supposed to be a movie, and they're like, we'll make it a show. But it all dropped on the same day, so they could have just made it a movie. Exactly. <laughs> it's very it, weird. What is the point of making this a show when it's so short? Yeah. Like, all the other animated Resident Evil things are movies. It just seems like Netflix wanted to make the marketing that it was a show. hmm Anyways. That's what they did. Yeah. So, tell me. I'm really curious, since you were watching in the corner... Yeah. How did you feel about this? I know you're not huge with Resident Evil, but you have the concept of what the the franchise is. You've seen yeah. the, some of the movies. Mm-hmm. You've seen me play some of the games. Yes. And I've actually played some of the game, one of the games with you. You played the Resident Evil remake. Uh-huh. And I think part of Resident Evil 5. Um, so, I actually enjoyed it. Because the reason I don't like the games is because I'm, like, stressed out and, like, terrified about the, like, battle and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, having to defend myself. But in, in this, I don't, I don't know, obviously I'm not playing. You don't have to care it's if they die. It's not interactive. So I didn't give a shit. Fuck it. Kill the guy. Yeah, go for it. I don't Kill care. Leon. Doesn't Who gives a shit? Doesn't affect me. I don't give a fuck. I'm just over here in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> My own husband didn't even know I was in the room. So it doesn't matter. Um... Yeah, so I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was it was a in, interesting plot line, and mm-hmm. I saw some things that were very familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought I really liked the. I don't know if you would call it cinematography in an animated thing, but I felt yeah, like I would see that there I... were uh, points that I really felt like this shot felt like it was a cutscene in a video game or whatever. So I felt like it it play, paid homage to the games fairly well, and that was my opinion based on minimal experience with the games so yeah. i'm curious how that lines up with your views i would agree with that because you know the older games are all about fixed camera angles mm-hmm. uh and so i could i could see what you're saying where they had moments where it felt like well i mean you're in the corner yeah <laughs> you're watching something unravel right mm-hmm. i enjoyed this for what it was but it did feel a little rehashy i feel like we saw a different resident evil movie that did the same plot already. Mm-hmm. Like, out of the animated ones. Okay. But I did really enjoy the idea of it being, like, more of this political construct questioning moralities of the virus being used in, like, a warfare-type aspect. Yes. Rather than just, oh, there was an accidental outbreak. Let's yeah. go get out of here. Yeah. Like, it was... There was more depth to the plot. It was very orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Rather than accidental. Um, it seems obvious that they use Claire and Leon because they're the most popular characters in the franchise. Mm-hmm. But it did also kind of feel like Claire's, I guess, subplot was just kind of tacked on to Leon's story. Yeah. But I did kind of also appreciate how they tried to do the whole, 
Leon's got his story. Claire's got her yes. story, like they do in the games. Yeah, like, it was clear. You do their two separate stories, and they kind of intertwine. Yeah. But the way they intertwined it felt a little tack-on-ish to me for okay. Claire. Yeah, it didn't feel like... Like, she didn't need to be there yeah, for the outcome to exist. Like, in, if you play two different characters or two different character stories in the game, you're going to have two fairly similar mechanics and things that they're doing and reasons they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this, I agree, her plot line was a little bit different. Not something you necessarily would see in uh, a video game or in this video, these type of video games. So uh, you could definitely see there were perfect moments in which oh, we're going to have a meeting between these characters and this is a point at which you would encounter that character in the game and then you're going to go your separate way. So I thought that part was really cool, but I agree that that, Mm -hmm. her plot line could have been a little bit more classic, if you Mm -hmm. will. I don't know. And I will say, for the people like me who are like, you know, this doesn't feel like Resident Evil anymore, what they're doing with the franchise as far as games and movies, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. This is really back to the roots of, you know, there's a lot of zombies, mm-hmm. plenty of zombies, and then they have a couple other type creature-esque characters that mm-hmm. you uh, encounter. And um, I think people who liked the old, early games will appreciate the the, the, the tone of this, I yes. guess. Yes. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. That was my uh, impression as well. Mm-hmm. But... It does bother me that it was so short, though. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like it didn't feel like it was a series. It felt like they just wanted to make a movie and call it a series. Mm-hmm. But the tie-ins are really there. If you are, you know, if you played four and you played five, like you, you get where they're going with this. And it's in a way, it's kind of a connection between the two games. Mm-hmm. What would your final uh, verdict be as far as a score? I'm gonna slice it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I w- I think I will slice it as well. I feel like it was it was really good and I enjoyed it, but um, it didn't really I don't know overly I I, excite me. I'm borderline test it, but I'm gonna give it a slice it because I think it did do some things well. Okay. I think once you get to a certain point in it, you kind of you can tell where it's going and who who the antagonist is in the end. Mm-hmm. Because that is kind of up in the air in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I think it. Kind of paints it a little bit more clear, even though it wants you to think it's a twist by yeah. the end. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something I think for fans of Resident Evil, even yeah. if it feels a little bit short lived. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Okay, we also checked out <laughs> Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar uh, right before it came to Hulu for free. <laughs> So, uh, now that it's on Hulu, anybody who has that, it's definitely something I would say worth checking out. This was released on February 12th of 2021, Video On Demand, or PVOD, and we rented it for 99 cents on Apple TV, so maybe that was a red flag that it was going to be free somewhere soon, but, you know, here we are. Um, This follows two middle-aged best friends from Nebraska who travel to Florida on vacation, only to become caught up in a villain's plot to destroy the town. Um... It's very quirky looking. We saw the trailer ages ago, mm-hmm. and we we're like, "Oh, that looks like it's fun." And when we saw it pop it up, Phil, it feels very Anchorman. Yeah, on a beach. Yes, yes. Um, Kristen Wiig is the star, and her name is Star, um, <laughs> and she also plays the um, villain Sharon Fisherman, uh, and Annie Momolo is Barb, who's. Uh, Star's bestie, 
Jamie Dornan is in it. His name is, uh, he plays a character named Edgar, if you might recognize him from Fifty Shades of Grey, which is hilarious to think about. Um, and Damon Waynes Jr. is in it as well. He plays a spy type character. Um, and there's a breakout star. All of the reviews online are talking about uh, Rain Doy, who plays the little character Yo-Yo, who's kind of like a minion of the villain. There's only like two scenes. I know, but like he did have a good charisma, uh, charisma when he was on screen, so I can see why people like him. But okay, yeah, right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, this is this was basically I agree with you. It was very similar to like an Anchorman situation. It was just one of those. It was one of those movies where it's like just such stupid comedy. Like you're gonna be like that's fucking stupid, but like you're still you're gonna also giggle laughing. at it. Yeah, it reminded me of like. The part of the Anchorman that it reminds me of is where there's this, like, they're on, they're tripping on whatever they are, and there's, like, oh, look, there's a rainbow, and she's, like, do me on it. Like, that kind of ridiculousness mm-hmm. is what's happening in this. Like, Barb and Star are basically, like, oblivious to, like, everything around them, right? Yeah, they're, they're just, like... They live in their little bubble of yep. life, and, like, they don't understand how the world around them works. Yes, they're Midwestern, upper-middle-aged women who are, like, oh, we're gonna go on a vacation just on a whim, and it ends up, like, they're they're very naive, and they have no idea what's going on, like you said, and uh, the, the also the plot where the reason the villain is doing what they're doing, it's a little convoluted, but, um... It's to be expected for this kind of movie. So it's like, it's not going to win any, like, amazing uh, script awards, if you will. But. I mean, it's better than Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> okay. And I'm honestly not sure how they kept straight faces when they said some of the things they did. Mm. It felt like they took a Saturday Night Live skit and they just fucking ran, ran with, with it. it for two hours. Yeah. There was a little bit of, uh, yeah, like SNL or, like, even Mad TV a little bit. Okay. Back in, from back in the day. Because it's a little bit more intense than an SNL skit. And it just went on for a lot longer, obviously, than a skit would go. But, yeah, I could totally see that argument. It's very similar. And if you like the idea of an SNL skit that goes on for an hour and a half, then you'll probably like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I yeah. Honestly, I would dissect it. it. Yeah. It's one of those movies I feel like you could just throw on. Yeah. And not pay attention. But you'll hear one of the lines yeah. or something. And you'll yeah. just... You'll laugh because you either remember the scene mm-hmm. or... Just, or it's just funny at it's the just time. just funny yeah. at the time. Yeah. yeah. I also agree. I'm going to dissect it. I felt like I was cracking up this entire movie. And, and even, I was worried. I was worried watching this. I was like, this is going to be really fucking dumb. I'm going to be really yeah. bored. <laughs> but I thought it was a great time. Yeah. Kristen Wiig is great. I feel like it's very difficult for her to do any wrong. Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, but she... Her acting wasn't the bad part of that. Well, she was the bad guy. Okay, but... So she did, in essence, act bad. Mm, no. <laughs> okay, and here's our headliner. We saw Black Widow in theaters. This came out July 9th, 2021, in the U.S., um, in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access. And it's the first, fa- first film in Phase 4 of the MCU, centered around Natasha Romanoff, also known as Black Widow, after the events of Captain America Civil War, which took, which we, which came out in 2016, in case anybody's trying to remember how long mm-hmm. ago that was. Um, the screenplay was written by Eric Pearson, and it was directed by Kate Shortland. 
Uh, our big cast, Scarlett Johansson, obviously, Natasha Romanoff. Florence Pugh was Yelena Belova, also a Black Widow. I did find out the answer to that question, which I'll explain after I'm done here. Uh, David Harbour is Alexi, Red Guardian, or as we have affectionately referred to him, Captain Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems like the most appropriate name. Yeah, it really should be. Um, and Rachel Weiss was Melina, who was another Black Widow. So I did confirm, we were wondering about this, like, are all of the Widows Black Widows? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I because it's the Black Widow program, right? Yeah, so anyway. They are all technically they are all technically Black Widows. They're just not the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. So we've all been waiting a long time for this movie. So the anticipation has built and built and built, and it's very exciting to finally see it. Um, and we're not going to get into spoilers here because we're going to do a separate episode. But spoiler free, I would say I think the acting was really great. I think the plot was in some places a little predictable, but overall, I think that it told the story it needed to tell. And we got to see a little bit of more, we got more backstory on uh, Natasha's character and a little bit of understanding on where she comes from. We got more explanation of her Budapest incident that's always referred to in like third whatever, like not really officially addressing it, but it's always like, oh, that big serious thing that happened. Mm. We get a little bit more backstory on that and kind of you can understand why she holds that with her continually and we get a lot more information about how she became and why she is the way she is which was really good to finally see even though unfortunately we're not gonna supposedly see her anymore yeah because of i mean she's even said i think in interviews that she's has no plans to come back yeah as the character yeah give it five (laughs) five to ten years if they want to do another crossover event that she'll she'll be back yeah yeah. They can easily do that with what they're doing in the MCU. It's a little frustrating to me that they waited so long to do this because I feel mm-hmm. like this background on this character could have made everything she did in the MCU so much more impactful. That's the one thing I think that made it hard for me to watch this movie was knowing where she goes after this movie mm-hmm. that we're watching. Yeah. It took away from her story for me because it's mm-hmm. like, well, but we know what happens to her. Yeah. But yeah, this would have been a great movie five years ago. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when, like in the peak of all these characters getting mm-hmm. their own movies. And yeah. I mean, that would have been a good time, right? It would have been a perfect it took time. Time after Civil War. So it would have. It would have been great to have it around the, the live time frame yeah. of that. It would have given people more depth yeah. to the character. One thing I was really surprised about with this movie is how dark it was. Mm-hmm. At least in the beginning. In the beginning, the, the I agree. The entire intro of this movie just felt much darker than you've ever seen a Marvel movie go. Like, it's PG-13, but mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't bring my child yeah. to this movie. Although a lot of people did. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh my god. No. <laughs> Sorry. Shouldn't have gotten you started. <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah. The movie is literally on Disney Plus. Yeah. You bring your less than five year old kids who clearly are going to make noise the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So you, there was what, five people in this family? Mm-hmm. They all had to buy tickets. Yeah. Which is more than $30. Yes. To see the movie in theaters, knowing you're going to ruin it for everybody else. Yes. Maybe that's what they wanted. So to maybe do. I don't know. Get it on Disney Plus for thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. Save some fucking money yeah. and know you're not a shitty fucking person. Yeah, 
Yeah. Or not... know you're a shitty person and that's why you're home. Yeah. But you're slightly less shitty for not having gone and ruined the movie for other people. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Side rant. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I could not believe how dumb some people are. Yeah. So, back to the movie. Yeah. Yeah, this movie felt really dark. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you realize the the actress that played her as a, a child mm-hmm. is Mila Djokovic's daughter? Mila Jovovich's daughter. Oh, okay. I can see that. I found this out after the fact. And then, like, retrospect, I'm like, holy shit, it looks just like her. Yeah, it does. So I totally see that. She does. (laughs) It's like a mini her. (laughs) Yeah, she totally is. That's crazy. I, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. And she was a standout part of this movie. I think her in this movie was so fucking good. And she was only limited capacity. Like, the Mm -hmm. first, what, 15 minutes, maybe? Right. But what a what a great role she had in mm-hmm. her limited time. The movie was full of twists. Uh, some I thought didn't land. Some I thought were like pretty good. Uh, my favorite part, I think, was the dynamic of the family. Yes. Alexi, Melina, Yelena. Uh, it, we, we were introduced to a whole group of new characters that, mm-hmm. as far as we knew, never existed in Natasha's life. Okay? Yeah. And they found a way to incorporate them into the world, not just her world, but the MCU world, mm-hmm. in a way that fit and made sense. It felt like they, they've been here forever. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, it reminded me a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy. I can see that. There's a lot of, like, the, the dynamics between the characters. Yeah. It felt like, you know, there's a lot of disagreement mm-hmm. between them, but there was, all, you also had that, that, that love. That bond from being family of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, shout out to the fucking soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was really good for this. Uh, I know we had that the one song that you liked, which was... Mm-hmm. The Nirvana. The Nirvana the cover. Yeah. Teen Spirit. Yeah. 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 That, that was, was really and it was, cover. And I have to say, that was like, I don't really like that song because mm-hmm. of how many times I've heard it. But like this version of it... Incredible. Like, oh, I could yeah. listen to it ten, like, 10 million more times. Easily. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then a lot of other, a lot of the other songs in the soundtrack and the score I thought were really good as well. Yeah. As far as plot goes, and obviously we're not going to get into the plot, but mm-hmm. I, it did, it did disappoint to an extent near the end. I think we got some rehash of stuff we've gotten in previous Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. What they did with Taskmaster, I feel like could have been better. Yeah. Um. I didn't love that. But. You know what I did love though? You just reminded me. Is Rachel Weiss's portrayal of Melina. Her character was very. I don't know if it was like a. She was just straight faced. Not. Not trying to be funny. But she was. She said really funny things. Mm-hmm. And that like dry. It. Whether she thought she was being funny or not, it came off like a dry humor, and I loved it. It yeah. was great. As dark as this movie felt, there was also a lot of humor. There and was. Like the family yeah. dynamic, I think, is what kind of tied into that. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, Yelena was very sarcastic. Yes, yeah. Uh, Alexi felt like he was the crazy uncle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was ridiculous. It just There were so many different layers to this movie that I really liked. Um. Well, I agree that it does have its shortcomings, mm-hmm. and I see, uh, I see the downfall of what they did with Taskmaster. I, I'd prefer, I'd prefer it had gone a slightly different direction, but it was, 
overall. For being the first movie coming back into the MCU yeah. in a very long time. And yeah. <laughs> I it's solid. It yeah. you know, it's it's right in the it's at the least middle tier yeah. for people, I think. Yeah. It's a great ride. Yeah. I think the fact that I was able to focus on it um, I know that when we had the little trash kids being noisy in our theater, it was frustrating, but I was so enthralled with most of the movie that most of the time I was able to like just slightly tune it out so that I didn't miss much. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I was able to do that and didn't get easily distracted means I'm going to say I dissected it. I thought it, I was very uh, on board with everything. that Like I was invested, if you will, even okay. though I know the outcome of the character i still was like i need to know what's happening here well but that's the thing that's so great about her in this movie is like even though we do know her outcome later on like we learned so much about her we got a lot of character development in one movie Mm -hmm. after we've already seen her in multiple movies yeah you know and they even kind of you know, some of the funny jokes are like there's an ongoing thing about her pose mm-hmm. that she does in those movies, yeah. and like I love the the way they were able to use like a meta humor on what they've done in the in the MCU already, yeah, and and kind of make fun of itself, yes, definitely, and give it a little bit more of a serious, grounded feeling in this one. Yeah, I agree. I would say slice it for me. Okay. I really enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. But I think plot-wise, it came up a little short. Its best moments are, like I've said, Natasha's is kind of giving her a little bit more of a character backstory and seeing that dynamic with her and her family. Mm-hmm. I will not be shocked if I find them in the next Fast and Furious movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. That is it for our uh, reviews, and that's it for our TV and movie section. So uh, don't forget, of course, to check out our Anatomy of Black Widow separate spoiler episode for this movie coming up soon this week. And also, please go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever podcast service you use and rate or review us so we can get some, get people to like us and know about us. That'd be great. and if you want to follow us on social media, we've got Twitter at DTF Pod, Facebook, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast, and our website is DTFcast.com. You can also send us an email directly to DTFpod at gmail.com. But until then, we've got some gaming stuff for you coming up next. All right, let's get into our new releases. For Xbox, we have Space Jam A New Legacy. This actually came out surprisingly for Game Pass Ultimate members earlier this week Mm -hmm. but anybody else who hasn't joined the service can play on july 16th i think it's free i don't think you have to buy this game okay cool but basically it's a side scrolling beat em up and themed after the movie Mm -hmm. so you'll play as little i think you can play as lebron james bugs bunny whatever the female bunny is lola lola and then i want to say there's a fourth character i just don't know who it is okay Uh, I checked that out this week, and so I'll just give it a quick review now. Uh, so it was fun-ish. I (laughs) yeah, it's very basic. So like you know, you have your strong punch, your weak punch. They have a couple special attacks that you can build up your meter and use. Mm -hmm. Uh, One's like a road runner, and one's Tasmanian Devil that like come in and 
oh, okay. help sweep the enemies out or something. It, okay. They drop an uh, anvil? That'd be pretty fun. I don't think they did that, oh, okay. but... Better if they did. Start making games. <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, it's clearly it's marketing. I think the game is like no more than like 45 minutes long. It's like three or four levels basic concept is you have to get apart from each of the main antagonist enemies or whatever mm-hmm. with the the basketball team okay. players gotcha from the movie you have to get some part to stop whatever from happening mm-hmm. it was pretty straightforward and it was a fun experience but i don't think i'd go back to it okay it good to know it was a test it for me okay People who enjoy basketball or Looney Tunes would probably appreciate it a little bit more. Okay, but so wait, so there is basketball involved? Just LeBron James has a basketball and he throws it at people. Oh, okay, okay. okay. But it's not like a basketball game. No, no, no. It's just a, confusing a, it's a brawler. It's Got just it. okay. a side-scrolling That's brawler. That's what I thought, but then you said basketball, so I was like, wait a minute. Did I miss a spot? No, okay. it's just he throws a basketball at people and then okay. I think Bugs Bunny also does it. Okay. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I mean... It, Enemy types are very limited to like three or four types. And then I was a little frustrated at one point because if you die completely, you lose all your lives. Ooh. You have to start from the beginning of that level. Yikes. And I was a little pissed off I had to do that. Mm-hmm. So I had to walk away for a little bit. Yeah. Makes sense. But I guess that's just me not being good at Looney Tune brawlers. <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on. PlayStation has a game called Where the Heart Leads. Coming out on PS5 and PS4 July 13th. Okay. Switch has a game called Curved Space coming out July 13th. And, of course, the bigger title for Switch, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. This comes out July 16th. Cool. I kind of want this game. I mean, of Because I never played it on Wii U. Mm-hmm. Is it Wii or Wii U? Wii U. Wii U? No. It's on Wii. It was Wii and then Wii U, right? Was Twilight Princess the Wii U one? Twilight Princess was GameCube and Wii. Okay. And then they had Skyward Sword. Got it. So that might... You know what? I think this was Wii. I think it was at the later end. They had the Wii... Pl- like the, the remote plus control. Mm-hmm. It was like a little bit more accurate or something that they right, added. Right. And that was like bundled into the game. So this game's older than I thought it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, I never played it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I know there's the like... debate on whether the, Nintendo should have their games for full price when they're... Essentially ports, but... Right, right. They're not going to change that, so... No, of course not. All right. Uh, multi-platform, Lost at Sea, coming out on all consoles, July 15th, and PC. F1 2021 comes out July 16th. I believe that's racing. Yeah. Formula One, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Observer System Redux comes out on July 16th as well. So that's it for this week in releases. Cool. All right. Uh, let's get into our news. PlayStation had a state of play this, I think, July 8th it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced some stuff. Nothing huge. I think the right. biggest thing they announced we already knew about. Yeah. Uh, but just a few things. Moss Book 2 was revealed. That's yeah. a VR game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the first one, I think, through the PlayStation Plus. We never played it yet. Yeah. You played it at, uh... I played the demo in VR twice. Yeah. Yeah, you played it at the uh, PlayStation Experience, right? Yes, I played it at PSX the first time, and then the second time I played it at E3. And I remember you were going to buy it, and then I forgot that we had it until the last time you told me about this a couple days ago. So I'm going to have to go play it, because <laughs> I was really excited to play it. I think it was a fun, cute little game. Yeah, I've been mainly checking it out, too. It's interesting, because it's like, you're 
not controlling the character. You're like doing stuff on the world to help the character navigate, right? Both. Okay. Yeah. You can control the character or but you also control some environmental things to help them out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do All right. is the one we have is it it's the VR or just the regular? VR. The whole thing. It's only VR. VR? Okay. It's only VR. Yeah. Okay. I thought for some reason there was like a regular non-VR I don't version. Think, I mean, there might be at this point, okay. but I think it was all intended to just be VR. Got it. Okay. Uh, Arcade Geddon PS5 game is getting an early access that was announced, and so anybody with a PS5 can go download that now. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was just kind of like an arcadey shooter, mm-hmm. maybe battle royale type game. Okay. They showed off a game called Fist coming out September 17th. It's a side... It, to me, it just, this is my definition. It's a side-scrolling bio-mutant. Yeah. You're like a rabbit with this with like, big robotic arm connected like, to your back. Can, can become a helicopter also. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it kind of felt too like uh, Bio-Commander. The okay. game where you have like the robotic arm. Okay. It's like an old Super Nintendo or an NES game or something. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was side-scrolling platform. Yeah, it seemed like it could be worth a worth a play if yeah. it's not too expensive. They announced a game called Hunters Arena Legends. It's a battle royale game coming to PS4 and PS5 for free with PlayStation Plus on August 3rd through September 6th. So I guess if you have Plus for that, it basically it's a part of that month's Plus. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that's what it looked like on so the Otherwise, slides. you got to pay for it. I believe Or is it a free-to-play game? I'm, I don't know why they would they have it. They were really vague about that yeah. whole situation. It seems like it's included with Plus, but you may otherwise have to pay. Because otherwise, if it was a free-to-play, then why would you have it on Plus? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. Yeah, that's where it was getting confusing for me. Because yeah. I was like, well, if it's only free for Plus people, then that means people that don't have Plus have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But if it's a Battle Royale game, it's... Meant for multiplayer, which means you have to have plus to play online. Mm-hmm. It got very confusing. Yes. So, anyways, it, it was an interesting concept. It was basically you can sneak up on people and attack them with like these variety of characters. Mm-hmm. It, it's like set in um, ancient uh, ancient Asia scene set. It's just PlayStation's trying to get into the uh, battle royale mm-hmm. thing. It looks like yeah. Uh, they had a game called Jet the Far Shore, which felt like a really small scale, combat free No Man's Sky. It was, yeah. and it just seemed like you're just more just flying those small ship. Yeah, they said it, the game's based more on exploration and discovery, but you're not trying to get resources or battle anything. You're trying to make as little impact as possible. It's kind mm. of a cool concept, but like keep a small carbon footprint. Yeah, basically, basically, you're trying to observe and research without. Uh, it's that trope, not a trope, but like a thing that they do that says leave, leave no trace or whatever yeah. when you go through nature, that kind of idea. So, Like, uh, what's her name? When she studied gorillas, she didn't in- want to be, she wanted to do it at a distance, right? So that way yes. they, she didn't impact their culture and yes. what they did. Yes, Jane Goodall. Yeah. I mean, that's what you said. It should be Jane You watched Jeopardy. You but I know. thought it was chimpanzees, but there might have been gorillas involved as well. Either oh, way. you know what? You're right. It might have been chimpanzees. Okay. I don't know. But Whatever. you got the same... The story's right, though. Yeah. <laughs> the concept is primate, there. primate, and she didn't want to impact their culture. <laughs> All right. Um, Demon Slayer is getting a new game. The Hinokami Chronicles. 
looked kind of interesting. If you're into that anime, you'll be interested in this. It's going to come out on PlayStation, presumably on Xbox (laughs) 2. The bigger title, I would say, on this whole state of play was Death Stranding Director's Cut. They announced this, I think, at the game... They announced this at Summer of Gaming Mm -hmm. during E3's time. But they gave more context of what this is. So they've added support stuff. They've added some missions, some new... Basically, some new combat gameplay, I guess, since that was a criticism of the game, was not having enough combat. Okay. We haven't played this, obviously. Yeah. Uh, So... That was all announced, and it's getting a pre-order available now, and you can get the game on September 24th. It was bothering me when it was first announced to even be called a director's cut, mm-hmm. because <laughs> Hideo Kojima made the game. Yeah. It's his own he studio. He was the director. He was the director. Yeah. He's very creative. He's very inspirational with his with his games. Yeah. I was just confused how you could call this a director's cut when he made the game to begin with. It's not like... He had something he had to work under that told him what could and couldn't be in the game, right? Right. So that's my same question as like, why would you need a director's cut if you if the director was the person in charge? <laughs> well, then they also uh, announced the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Shortly after. Okay. So it seems like PlayStation is just doing this branding of director cuts for games that were ps4 and now they're going to put on ps5 okay it sounds like it's marketing gimmick too yeah they're having new content but that's their way of saying rebuy our game yeah give us more money (laughs) but i found it interesting to find out kojima doesn't like that they use the term director's cut on his game oh so this kind of falls into like my, my idea of like why is it called director's cut? He he's making new content for yeah. it, you know. So this is what he had to say on his Twitter. A director's cut is a movie in an additional edit to a shortened version that was either released reluctantly because the director did not have the right to edit it or because the running time had to be shortened. In the game it is not what was cut but what was additionally produced that was included. So, in my opinion, I don't like to call director's cut. Okay. I don't think he's, like, furiously mad about right. it. But he's, like, saying, like, I don't like that. But it, so- it sounds like what he's saying is they've made more stuff for the game, and now they're releasing a new version with more stuff in it. Yes. Yeah. So, that's not a director's cut. I mean, I guess you can see the argument, but I get it. Why didn't they just release DLC? Well, I mean, they, that's what they're doing, right? Yeah. They're just doing it in a form that you have to buy the whole game. Yeah. Again. Sneaky motherfuckers. Well, they're not sneaky, but... I mean, I think there's... I assume there's going to be an upgrade. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it works for people who already own the game. Mm-hmm. But Ghost of Tsushima, you could buy the upgrade. Right. To the director's cut. So mm-hmm. I assume you could do the same with this. Yeah. Anyways, it's just... Uh, I thought that was interesting that even he was like, yeah, this shouldn't be a director's cut. Yeah. Who knows, maybe that will cause an issue for him. We already had the rumors last week that he's working on something with Xbox. Yeah. And the rest of the state of play was uh, essentially just death loop gameplay footage, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they just looped more, <laughs> more and more gameplay of the yeah. same fucking game we keep seeing every yep. time they show it. Mm-hmm. I think it's finally coming out September 14th of yes. this year. Correct. Uh, and I think even earlier this week they announced that it's will be on Xbox, which is, I mean, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. They own the game. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I know. But because of contracts before they bought the, the studio, it's an exclusive for PlayStation right now. Right. But I think September of 2022, it will be on Xbox. Oh, that's so, so far. So it's a year okay. from this release. But okay, because it's Bethesda Arcane, so that's why. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, understood. But presumably it'll be on Game Pass when yeah. it comes out on yeah. Xbox. That makes sense, yeah. All right, uh, one of our bigger stories before we get to the end of our episode. Ubisoft is working on an Assassin's Creed Infinity game, which is going to bring the franchise into a game-as-service platform. Uh, their exact quote was... Rather than continuing to pass the baton from game to game, we profoundly believe that this is an opportunity for one of Ubisoft's most beloved franchises to evolve in a more integrated and collaborative manner that's less centered on studios and more focused on talent and leadership, no matter where they are within Ubisoft. Okay. So they're they're going the, like, I don't want to say... Call of Duty Warzone route because it's uh-huh. not a battle royale. Right. But they're going that route in the sense of this is going to be our hub for yeah. the franchise. Mm-hmm. And then each developer will do their platform of the game mm-hmm. and they will incorporate it into this hub, Assassin's Creed Infinite or Infinity. Yeah. It sounds like a cash grab, right? Yeah. Which so... it probably is. Yeah. But at the same time, I was thinking about this. It makes a lot of sense in the context of the franchise. Yeah. It's all based around you go into memories of historical fucking figures Mm -hmm. in these time frames, right? And Mm -hmm. so you could have season passes where they go into a different timeline. You know, they go... Or not timeline. They, you know... Or events. They go into a a historical event here or a historical event there, you know? You could go to different countries. You you could tell plenty of stories. Yeah. The setback is you're probably going to be stuck with the same gameplay and mechanics with every game or well, whatever, every content drop. They could do. I mean, so I want to clarify. I uh, When you first read the headline, I rolled my eyes. Nobody, nobody could hear that happening, but it did happen. Mm-hmm. And then as you were finishing reading about it, I was like, okay, I, I can see why this is going. <laughs> I can see why this could be a good thing. So mm-hmm. I'm on the same page with you. I think they could do something. Having a unified uh, hub, if you will, could be really cool. And they could easily do this season, that season, whatever. And then they could have... Um, I don't necessarily want to use Avengers as a model. But just as an example, like some missions require you to use Hulk. And some require you to use other characters. Mm-hmm. So they could do something like that where this particular event you're more likely to use a maybe there's different types of um, so each assassins each one would have a different skill type called assassins yeah yeah assassin's creed yeah (laughs) yeah i know i feel like there's another word i was looking for um but uh yeah like you could choose multiple different options as the character that you're playing and each one has their own specific special set of skills if you will okay um they could do something like that where it would be also cool if you could customize your character, but I'm not going to go there because that might get, get complicated. I mean, they're going to do that as far as cosmetics, right? Yes. Like, the yeah. whole idea of this would be, oh, cool, we can make microtransaction costumes mm-hmm. that you can yeah. buy for ching, your ching, characters. Ching, ching, ching. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, I feel like they could easily do stuff that kind of encourages you to play sections multiple times mm-hmm. in different ways. Because you could have the way that you go through everything using stealth and like don't disturb anybody or whatever. And then you could have it 
a different option where you go through and just just kill everybody. They could have challenges, yeah, right? Exactly. Commu- community challenges like that. Yeah, I think that it could be really cool if they do mm-hmm. it right. If they do it right. But <laughs> here's the question: Are they gonna? Would they do new content like stuff we haven't seen? Historical locations, mm-hmm. uh, events, or are they gonna do rehash of what they've already done in a new? Uh, aspect of the, this game i think they could reuse old material if they do a different storyline within it i'm okay seeing a little bit more cassandra so am i or demos i suppose yeah i think she's considered the canon she is yeah uh story mm-hmm. but odyssey was one of my favorite yeah favorite games yeah that's i didn't even like assassin's creed until that game yeah, that was definitely my uh, gateway. I mean, I had played Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. game. I mean, Assassin's it's completely different than the old ones. Very different, yeah. I... It's kind of interesting how it's like opposite for me with this and Resident Evil. It's like, yeah. this, I, I've embraced the changes. Yes. Resident Evil, I'm like, where's the rest of you? Yeah. I had a hard... I played the some earlier Assassin's Creed games and I enjoyed them for the time until I rage quit because I couldn't make it through like a stealth thing where you have to walk with a group of people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, fuck this game, I'm out. Yeah. But I actually played the shit out of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so obviously I like the changes there as well. Mm-hmm. So I think seeing pieces of older games or characters that everybody should know from the franchise would be really cool. Um, in some kind of like tangential way, like mm-hmm. oh, you have to interact with this character, like we do, like in the Borderlands thing, where you see a character from the previous game that you interact with in, yeah. like, in a mission or two. Do you think you would have like your own custom character that you make for when you're in modern time, and then you would just transfer to whatever character is in the mission you're doing? That's a good. Uh, that's a good way to get uh, microtransactions on both ends. <laughs> right. Yeah. Although. Based off the story, though, you would have to be of the bloodline. So that implies everybody in the game is of the bloodline of the Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's some kind of combination where you're, in modern day, you're whatever person. You're just one person and you customize whatever person is, right? But then, based on the story, you go back and you live the memory of whichever ancestor of yours. And that particular ancestor for this mission has these types of skills that you Mm -hmm. have to use... So, it's not so much you get to choose a character, because it's obviously only one person whose memories you get to live. Yeah, yeah. But each different character that you're playing the memories of has different strengths and weaknesses. So, that makes differences in gameplay, depending on which period of time or memory are we playing. I'm really surprised they never made this into a VR game. Like, in any kind of, like, just like a small game concept. Because, like... That's what it basically is. Yeah. You're going to a VR simulation of an historical event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They so could have cool. done a lot with that. Yeah. I'm interested. Um, I guess they haven't really necessarily said whether this is going to be something you have to pay for. If it's going to be free to play, I would see it as a free to play concept, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they've Ubisoft has kind of dove into uh, free to play with their Battle Royale game can't think of the name of it right now but they've gone into that aspect mm-hmm. the last couple years yeah, yeah i think this has potential yeah. to be really and i think cool. we also had news too that they were talking about that they were going to kind of drop the big triple a stuff and be more mm-hmm. games of service anyways right yes all right well we'll be something to keep an eye out for huh yeah definitely and we haven't even played uh valhalla yet so we'll have to yeah. uh 
I'll have to check that out at some point when it goes on sale. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a couple more things. Just a little fun shit for uh, the retro gamers. Apparently, there's been some more video games sold in, in auctions lately. Uh, an unopened Legend of Zelda game from 1987 sold for $870,000. Holy crap. This variant of the game was only produced for a few months before changed again in 1988, mm. which I assume is what makes it worth a lot. Yeah. So this is a game from the original Nintendo. Wow. I need to really look into my Blades of Steel game and see if that's worth anything at this point, I think. It's unopened. Yeah. Ish. Ish. There's like a tear on the packaging, but it's oh. overall sealed. Gotcha. Yeah, you should definitely look into that. All right. And also, if that was a lot of money to you, yes, it's it not was. this much money. Okay. <laughs> a sealed copy of Mario 64 has sold for $1.5 million. What the fuck? Why? Uh, this has made it the highest valued game collectible ever. This was even like days after the Zelda game sold. I'm trying to wrap my brain around what it's like to be so rich. (laughs) It's like you're not going to open it. You're not going to open it. What are you going to do with it? You're going to spend money. Could you imagine somebody bought this? Opens it and plays it. Cool. I I lost my copy. I needed another one. (laughs) They just pop it in, play it. I just, I can't even imagine having so much money that you could spend it. A cool one and a half million dollars on a video game that you're never going to open. Like, just mm-hmm. to have it. It's just bragging rights. Yeah, but... Uh, I'm assuming in the collecting like, world, hey, this is like something you care about. But if you have that much money, can't you just be like, I'm rich, bitch. That's your bragging rights. I mean, you are saying that. Yeah, I guess. you bought a game for uh, 1.5 million. Yeah. I wonder what this person spends on toilet paper. They probably buy, like, gold-plated toilet paper. Do they just scoop it? <laughs> Is it like the seashells? It's like gold thread. <laughs> They're just like Googling how, what's, what is more, what's a more expensive thing I could yeah. start buying? If and you had gold on. toilet paper, would they like have maids and servants that just like wash their toilet paper for them so they could reuse it? No, because they're so rich they don't care. <laughs> they're just throwing it down the toilet. It doesn't matter. Okay. Could you imagine being the plumber that has to come in because there was a clog in the a toilet gold to find gold toilet paper? Like, Sir. do you snag it? Like, oh, it was just a rat. Yeah. You got, like, shit-covered toilet paper, gold toilet paper in your pockets. So gross. Is that considered stealing? I mean, if you put it, was it down discarded. The, if you put it down the toilet, that's like you're rejecting that's like it, trash, right? Okay. Yeah, unless they have some kind of system. But if technically the pipes are still within the walls of your home, is it in your property then? Techn- it's on your property. Technically, I would think it would be considered stealing, but that's stupid. I'd love to see a, a case <laughs> like that. Maybe we'll get one on Forensic Files. You never know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's... Fucking insane. That's some crazy stuff. I definitely need to look into my uh, Game Boy Blades of Steel. Yeah. Probably not as popular of a game as Shit, even if these you, two. Even if you could get a hundred grand for it, I'd be like, yes, you should sell it. <laughs> you're going to bully me into selling it? <laughs> your, is your pitch going to be like, we could have gold toilet paper? <laughs> I mean, is it a selling point? Yes. 
Alright, a couple small things. Uh, The Witcher 3 next-gen update will include free DLC inspired by Netflix's series. Yes. So I guess just character skins of Henry Cavill? Yeah, there's no specific details yet, but it's indicated uh, that it could be something like armor, uh, armor that the armor that Henry Cavill's character wears in the series um, as cosmetic, not mm-hmm. necessarily cosmetic, but actual armor pieces that you could find or or, okay. or craft. Because you know you have to like get blueprints and like find a bunch yeah. of shit to craft armor. I I want to say there was a story we read about a while back where. They were potentially going to include modded stuff that mm-hmm. users that made. That fans had done, yeah. And some of that stuff was based off reskins for the show. Yeah. So that could be, this is just kind of the update on that. Yeah, it would be cool if they gave us that option. But just knowing about how the game works, I think that having armor that you... Because they don't really have things that you can purchase. I mean, you can purchase it from the store, but you don't have like a marketplace online to purchase things from. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a you craft it yourself thing. So I can totally well, see I mean, them you're doing talking that. like from console though. On yes. PC, it's probably a whole different. Aspect. Okay, fine, but they're talking about next gen updates, so that to me implies console. So okay, you're right though. The I think it would be cool if they found a way to incorporate some of the mods that people had. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even started that game. Well, I, I think I did. I started I the think tutorial, started it a couple and that times. was it. And <laughs> at this point, I'm going to wait for the update. Yeah, and play it on Series X. Yeah. Call it good. Yeah. Unless I quit early on again. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those games I want to like, but I just can't get into it. And I don't know why. Uh, I have the opposite problem. I get super into it, and then I play the shit out of it, and then I'm like, this is taking up my whole life, and I can't do anything else, mm. so I have to stop playing. And then I go back to it months and months and months later, and I'm like, fuck, I don't remember how to play. So then I have mm. to like try to slightly start over, but gotcha. not really. It's not fun. I had a... Uh... A game pass challenge where I had to kill like 15 enemies or something. Mm-hmm. So I think I just like uploaded your game mm-hmm. and then I just went and killed 15 enemies yeah. and then I just left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could be a I was just like mashing buttons hoping yeah, that like, I could kill somebody. <laughs> Eventually I got it. Yeah. So our next story Sony has deleted a PS5 ad after social media. Notice the console in the ad was upside down. How do you fuck that up? <laughs> so it's not even a rectangle. Obviously, <laughs> whoever was in charge of prepping the space for the ad. Mm-hmm. It was like very generic with like a dad and his son playing yeah. video games together or something. Yeah. And like the console, the disc drive was on the top when it's supposed to be on the bottom. Okay, so it was horizontal then? Yes. Okay, okay. I guess that's a little bit easier to believe then. Because I was like, you literally yeah. couldn't stand it on the opposite end. But it does bring questions because the way the stand is designed, mm-hmm. you would know if it was on the wrong side. Yeah. So, I don't know. It... They must not have There's like it. a whole clip system for the stand. Yeah. I know. It's Yeah, I don't, I don't see how you could Anyways. possibly make that Anyways. mistake. <laughs> Obviously, whoever was in charge of the set design uh-huh. does not play video games. Yeah. That makes sense. So how do you get that job? Right? <laughs> I am more qualified. I could flip that PS5 for you. Yeah. And then last on our thing, some Xbox news-ish. Uh, a company has created something called X-Screen uh, that turns your Xbox Series S into a laptop-like portable console by adding a attachment screen. 
The attachment screen is 11.6 inches with 1080p resolution and 60 hertz of refresh rate. It was fully funded on its GoFundMe in 20 minutes. Jesus. Anybody who pledged for this product paid around $187 in U.S. dollars uh, and is guaranteed the monitor uh, around January of next year. Wow. So when I first read this headline on the notes, <laughs> I read Xbox Series X and I was like, how in the fuck? It's, like, it's a huge fucking box. And I was like, "There's what kind of a laptop is that fucking huge? But yeah, of course I read it wrong. So that makes more sense because the Series S is a lot smaller. Yeah, it's a really small yeah. console <laughs> compared to the others. It's like probably a third of a size of a PS5. Yeah. Maybe even a quarter. Um, basically, it's just... A monitor screen that can attach to the back mm-hmm. and then fold over. Yeah. So you can have a screen while you're playing. Right. You don't, you can, for a hotel room or something. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Not that you don't have a TV in the hotel room, but. Right. <laughs> but, you know, there's situations in I which I guess if you want helpful. an exclusive console yeah. in your bathroom. Yeah. Or if you really like playing games while the TV is playing something, too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Or potentially for people who want to get their kids a gaming console but not want to buy them a huge fucking TV. Fuck that. <laughs> no. No, they would break that. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. As soon as I started saying it, I was like, this isn't realistic. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, that's something you buy yourself. Yeah. But I don't know why. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like something that I could see why you would need that. I don't know what kind of... I guess if you travel a lot and you're yeah. a gamer. Yeah. It'd be fun to have that for ease of yeah it would make gaming. sense like you could be anywhere traveling in a hotel at your parents house or whatever visiting and not have to worry about having a tv to hook it up to mm-hmm. shit you could put it in a like a a backpack and take it to the office and play fucking video games on your lunch break <laughs> yeah lunch break lunch break <laughs> locks the door closes the blinds <laughs> do not disturb in meeting <laughs> All right, well, that's it for our gaming, and that is it for our episode. Yeah, that's it for episode number 100. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you. Please, please, please go rate or review us on your podcast service. We would appreciate it so much. And um, check us out on our social medias, at DTFPod on Twitter, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast on Facebook, or you can check us out on our website, dtfcast.com, or send us an email directly to dtfpod at gmail.com. That's it for episode 100 of Dissecting This Fiction. Bye bye <laughs>